The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. He's like, and on one day I was like, wait, what, why do you call me crab meat every day? I don't get it. And he's like, because you're a bottom feeder right now, man. You're a bottom <laughs> feeder. And I was like, damn, I am a bottom feeder right now. <laughs> oh, yeah, baby, that's what's up. I don't know why I just said it like that. I stumbled on my words. It's Monday. I'm a little tired, all right? I feel like I'm still a bottom feeder, all right? I, maybe I've like like upgraded from like a crab and like yeah. now maybe I'm lobster. Or something like that. You know, you've yeah. never been that. You've always been I've swimming been in. Fr- uh, you've no. always been swimming in clean water. You're you're a nice something fish. I don't know what you catch in the ocean. Crabs Tuna. Are ex- crabs are expensive though. Uh, they are right? expensive. Yeah, it's well, like crab meat. It's I like, mean, that's an expensive kind of meat. I'm not a crab guy. I will say that. I like stone crabs. Ooh. They're a little less crabby. Okay. For whatever reason, king crab. I, I never, yeah, those I, like that I've never been into. Soft shell crab, mm-hmm. you know, uh, crab cakes. And crab is mm-hmm. one thing like where I was never a big seafood guy, but I got into it more as I got older. And crab's one that I'm, I'm not big into. I just, I can't do it. There's something about the smell and texture that just doesn't hit home. I lived in Virginia for five or six years yeah. and blue crab was a huge deal there yeah right so you you started and the way they make it there i think you got to be in a place where they make it well okay right it's just like you got to be by the ocean if you're trying to do crab meat in texas yeah probably not going to work out too well right but yeah i know virginia was pretty good right i mean how how many crabs are in the ocean i don't know that's a topic for another conversation (laughs) i mean damn every i look there's a crab store on every corner in america right now or a fish store i'm like do we have that many fish that's a good question that's a good question i don't know it's deep thoughts by chris sims to start off this monday pete's Pete's taking vacations we got matt casey with us Matt, Matt, if you could look that up, how many crabs are in the ocean by the end of the pod? I mean, at one point, what's funny and where, like, life is, right, where, I mean, crabs and lobsters were poor man's food when you look back 100, 150 years ago. Is that true? 100 percent. And then somewhere in the last, I want to say, because I saw something on this in the last year, like an article, so I'm butchering the facts to a degree. But yeah, it was poor man's food. And then somewhere in the last hundred years, I want to think maybe even less than that, I've been 70, it became like a delicacy. And it became all of a sudden this thing that was, you know, cleaning up the bottom of the floor of the ocean. Everybody (laughs) everybody wanted a taste of it. It sounds crazy. I don't doubt you at all. Yeah. I'm just curious why you made it from 100 years to 70. What in your brain told you? It's like, no, not 100. Well, maybe it's been a little early. 100, I don't know. I was like, man, was it the 1920s when like it became like I feel like it was a little later than that. So I overstated that hundred. I want to. I want. That's ridiculous. 1920s. That's ridiculous. 50s were more on cue. No one's going to believe this if I say the 1920s. 1950s. That's more. That's more believable. Uh, Um, All right. So that was part of your. That was part of my long. What did you say, Matt? How many? 
billions, billions of crabs. Billions of crabs. Okay. So there are say. there are enough All right, to go around, I All guess, right, okay, to good. ship to Texas. I guess they could do that. Uh, so that was part of your interview with our new team member, Devin McCourty. Devin who McCourty, will be right? Part of the team on Football Night in America. Yeah. So I listened to that on the plane ride back from Cleveland yesterday because I was doing a baseball guy. game out there. Yeah. And you got like he he's awesome. Yeah. He's first awesome. of all, yeah. and you guys were awesome together because you're a student of the game. You geek out on all this stuff. You have a great memory, and he's a student of the game. Yeah. He geeks out on all this stuff, yeah. and the inside uh, information that he was able to give you on Belichick, and you had some of that as well. Like he's going to be a good member of our team. I uh, think that was an awesome, no awesome doubt. interview. No doubt. He's a natural on TV, right? That's the one thing that came across to me. It was the first time seeing him really in live action. I see him on a few other things or whatever, you know, before he got here. But yeah, you could tell, like, he's not nervous. He's never searching for words. He's no. well thought out. He knows the game. He loves the game. He worked at it. You know, I've known about him since he was in high school. Um, so yeah, it, it's great to have him. And yeah, to have that guy that's that current in the NFL and is going to be able to tell you little specific things of the last few years about yes. how his team game plan or viewed this aspect of another team. That was the thing. Man. He was very specific. Oh. It was, there was nothing general about it. He knew instances, players, yeah. situations. Yeah. yeah, he. He's, I mean, that's right up my – I mean, I'm going to be picking his brain on certain things like that all year. And I love fanboying, fanboying out. Yeah. I do. I love hearing about stories that, you know, hey, I know a little bit about it but don't know the details. Or I heard this and, you know, or just being curious and going, why did you do this or that? And, uh yeah, he has a rhyme or reason for everything. And, of course, he spent his, his life, his, the majority of his adult life, around Bill Belichick. And, uh, of course, you're going to learn football. It's going to rub off on you there. Can we talk about what you guys saw in the game? Man, In that, in that preseason game? So the first one, the Hall of Fame game. Right. And, first of all, you were there. And yeah. you, you stayed a couple extra days. I did. Because you had some parties to go to. Parties to go to, the enshrinement. It was, I mean, it was a great weekend. It was a long weekend. I mean, I was in you know, Canton from Tuesday to Sunday. Yeah. Um, had a blast. I really did. Uh, the game itself, oh, first off, both teams looked apart, right? You know how I came back last year and I was like, whoa, Trevor Lawrence, whoa, the yeah. Jaguars. For real. Right? They're for real. They look for real. Like, I didn't know if it meant playoffs, but I went, they, they have the pieces. Yep. And nobody's going to, like, you know, uh, like totally outclass them, as I always say. I feel the same way with Cleveland and the Jets. Now, they're not, like, as big as I would say the Jaguars were last year. There's a little bit of a mix and a blend here with these type of teams mm. of size in the right spots, and they believe in some speed aspects too to where they might be smaller in some spots than some other teams in football or whatever else. But, you know, I think the one thing that's like totally apparent right off the bat was just the quarterback stuff, right? Oh, yeah. You so know? Scary Moose 69 yeah. says Thursday night was the Chris Sims Super Bowl with Zach Wilson, Kellen Mond, and DTR all getting snaps. Would love to see you scout thyself based on the game sure. on Monday's pod here. So these are all quarterbacks in college. You liked what you saw. I, you were, I you were higher on, I think, all three of these guys than most of the community out there. I would say so, right? I mean, I was the only one that had Zach Wilson one. I think most of the community had him as two. Yeah. It wasn't like I was that far of a reach, but but I did like him you know, more than Trevor there. Uh, Kellen Mond, certainly. And hey, you know, I'll, I'll sit here and tell you, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm wrong about Kellen Mond. I mean, I'm, I'm wrong. You know, it, it doesn't look like it's going in the right direction right now. I even saw yesterday, I was, 
on freezing cold takes for hey whoa you got Colin oh. Mond in the you know in the third round what a steal right so yeah I'm gonna eat that one you know were there things about his game that I like coming out certainly you know it's hard you try to piece things together I didn't know him but from his game there were some things that I liked that I went ooh you can build on that and this could be something in the NFL um, from the pregame watching them all right they all can throw it and spin it right Kellen Mond. What I think we've talked about on this pod a little bit before, he doesn't let it go to his capabilities, right? That's the first thing, and and that's what you saw during the game too. There's a little bit of a roboticness to his game within the pocket, and then, you know, the throwing to me, it's like he's still like learning football, like he's not comfortable just letting it go or what he's seeing. Yeah, he threw it 19 times, only completed 13 of them for 92 yards. Yeah, so that's it was not cons- the ratio that you like to see four exactly point eight yards per attempt. Where right. DTR, on the other hand, threw it 11 times, completed eight of those, and we got 82 yards. So that's seven and a half yards I per mean, attempt. DTR, hey, they're, they're, neither one of them are real big guys, right? They're both slight of frame. DTR has a way in which he handles himself where you look at him and go, oh, he's very confident in his abilities. You see that warming up. Throws the ball really well. And then what you saw in the game is a guy that's just a natural at playing football. And that's what the Browns have been seeing from him too. I had a few people there tell me, go, hey, he knows how to play. He's been impressive in camp, right? You know, don't be shocked if he beats out Kellen Mond and stuff like that. And then, of course, you see the game, and he looks like he's on his way to doing that with, with Kellen Mond not playing great. And DTR, you know, looking very comfortable for a rookie in his first start. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I like the prospects of, of DTR. Got to see Deshaun Watson. So impressive looking at him as a person. I mean, gosh, he's a, he's a specimen, right? He's as tall as me. He's got more muscles than me. You know, I'm excited for him, and they're excited for him. Yeah. You know, that was the one thing with both franchises is there's there's a little bit of the puffing the chest out right now because they go where we, you know hey we, our team's good but the quarterback is is going to make the team look even better right and I think that Cleveland there's a very strong sense that you're going to get back the old Deshaun Watson right and then Aaron Rodgers I mean it's it's a ridiculous love fest it's a I mean one you know you could tell he's happy as hell right All right. And the team is in awe of him. There's never been a guy like this here since Brett Favre, like a true franchise. I'm going to take over the fucking organization. You know who the fucking man is. Right. And and I know everybody goes, well, all quarterbacks are like that. No, there's a difference in the ones that are the ones. There's a difference. Right. And I think they're all through all aspects like, wow. Right. I talked to Zach Wilson a little bit when he came out. Well, hold on. Before you okay, go sorry. away I, from I know, Aaron I'm Rogers. jumping all over there. Dig, we'll get dig to me Zach out Will. here. We'll okay, get to fine, Zach Wilson. I, I skipped over, and I wanted to get back. My bad. Did but you yeah. get to talk to Aaron Rodgers at all? I did. I did. So, you know, one, I hey, shaking people. Hey, whatever, blah, blah, blah. I know a lot of people on both coaching staff saying hi, blah, blah, blah. And, and of course, anybody with the Jets – you know, eight always comes up. Well, now we got eight, and they, well, we got eight, and well, Aaron Rodgers, and you know, I mean, I got one coach. It's like, I mean, I literally have one coach goes, I literally got to stop myself every day from just like going over there and asking for his autograph, like every day, <laughs> you know, which yeah. is so funny to hear, you know, because the NFL's not like that generally, right? Yeah, it's very like, you know, as we talk about military, you know, this is what you do, take your orders, we're on a mission, and you know, I just think there's guys there that have just they've been part of football a long time, but when you're around. Brady, Manning, you know, Rodgers, you know, Mahomes, whatever, that kind of guy that's in that stratosphere, right? 
it, it, there's just a difference. And real football guys, it doesn't matter how much you're around it, you still fanboy. I mean, I grew up around Dan Marino and Phil Sims and Lawrence Taylor, and I see Aaron Rodgers, and I'm like, oh, duh, oh, duh, oh, duh. Hi, hi, Aaron. Hi. Yeah. Uh, duh, duh, hi. Right? I mean, I get nervous. How did you react to that when you did that to him? <laughs> well, like, he's like, he's probably sick of me because I'm like the guy that just like comes out of nowhere and just is like, hey, what's up? And he, like, I think he was like looking at me in the corner of his eye like, who is this yet loud person walking up on me? Yeah. And I want to be like, it's me, the big mouth fucking Jersey guy, right? That's been fucking <laughs> giving you all the praise all these years or whatever. So we said hi, whatever. He's great. You could tell he's extremely happy. Um, here's the thing that really jumped out to me about Aaron Rodgers. I made fun of him like two weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago, when he took pictures in the uh, old Jets throwbacks they're going to wear, right? Because okay. I was like, damn, he looks skinny, right? I said that to him. I'm watching practice last week, and they're in full pads, and I'm going, damn, he looks thick. And I'm like, what? It must be the pads or whatever, right? But so you know me. I mean, I'm checking guys' bodies out yeah. while we're out there. Aaron Rodgers, I don't care who you are. I'm looking at your legs, your ass, your arms, whatever. Part of the scouting right, process. Right, it's part of the scouting process. So I go over to him, and I go, damn. I go, you look like you, you're jacked, like you put on weight. I was like, I was making fun of you on TV for how skinny you were two weeks ago. And he goes, I was. I was skinny. He goes, I just, you know, I got back. I was in shape or whatever else, but I just, I've been lifting a little bit more. And I mean, in I, two weeks? In two, well, see, that's, see, that speaks to the guy, right? Yeah. That's why he is who he is. He has a muscle structure that's rare for quarterbacks, right? Right. And, yeah, he's a kind of a freak. I mean, there's a reason he could run four or five and can dunk and do all those kind of things, right? Because he's got some muscle structure to him that's like legit. It's more twitchy than your normal average, you know, pocket passing quarterback. And yeah, I don't know how much he weighed, right? He told me training camp he started at 210. I'm going to say he was somewhere in the mid 220s, but like no fat and rocked up. Mm. I mean, and he's just. He could, he's probably one of those guys who can be as muscular as he wants, really. Yeah. Uh, that's the kind of athlete he is. And, uh, yeah, he was great. But, but yeah, they're, they're, they're in awe of him. And uh, that goes even to Zach Wilson included, yeah. right? So I, you took, you're, you're taking the L on Kellen Mond. I am taking the L on Kellen Mond. Early W on DTR, looking good, okay, looking promising looking good. so far, right. trending in that direction. Right. All right, Zach Wilson's the I'm not one. giving up on Zach Wilson. I'm not, I'm not saying I'm taking an L there yet, all right? Have I lost in the – should Trevor Lawrence have been one at that point? Okay, sure, right? But I'm not giving up on it. I mean, first off, when you watch him in warm-ups, uh, I mean, his, it's special the way he throws the ball. It is. The way he can move and shuffle and pop his feet and do all that, I mean, it's up there with, you know, the top-tier throwers of football. And, and, you know, you see that in the game when he uncorks the bomb down the left sideline and throws it 60-something yards in the air like no problem. It was like no problem. It was like yeah. no problem, right. Um, yeah, so he looked really good. And he said something interesting to me, right? You know, one, he knows I support him a little bit. I think he's appreciative of that. So he's willing to talk to me a little bit. And he's just – I was like, so how's it going? He's like, man, it's, it's been great. He, he laughed. And he's like, dude, he's like, Aaron Rodgers is like so nice to me. He's like – he's like, I mean – He's like so nice to me. He's like, he doesn't even have to be that nice to me, and he's that nice to me. And like, cool. so you could tell he was really grateful for that, right? And then um, he kind of just kind of went into a little bit like, you know, hey, I've been able to recalibrate. He's like, you know, I got so lost in my own mind, and you know, as a young quarterback, you're worried about results and offense and all that. He's like, he said this straight out. He just goes, it's almost like I forgot how to throw the football 
even to that, you know, that's what he was saying. Hmm. You know, with all the other stuff, it's like I forgot having to throw the football in my mechanics, you know, and things we talked about at the end of last year. And so he realizes what went on. And I think this has allowed him to calm down, get back to basics a little bit, right? And hopefully he can become a machine. He certainly looked like a machine in pregame yeah. warm-ups. And, yeah, the Jets, uh, the Jets and the Browns both have a great vibe around them. I would say the Jets even more so because, of course, they have Aaron Rodgers. That was one of the surprising things, I think, on Zach Wilson last year is that you knew he could make the big play. That was – we saw it, right, right on right. film. And also he, he was one of the more accurate quarterbacks out there. And then he goes to the NFL first year, and that accuracy went away. Like, you think it was just part of being a rookie, and do you think coaching had anything to do that? You think Nathaniel Hackett coming over there helps him, uh, too? Like, that I have no doubt about. Yeah. This is where Nathaniel Hackett thrives, right? And the he is an expert in the West Coast offense. His dad was taught by Bill Walsh. So their, their belief and the core beliefs of Bill Walsh and the timing of the feet and the rhythm of that and how you time it up with the routes you're throwing and balancing that together is where they are perfect. And that's where Nathaniel Hackett, I've told you this before, you know, with his, his dad, He's going to get everybody on the same page, all because through the lens of the timing and the rhythm of the quarterback, right? Like if Joe Montana took a seven-step drop, took a hitch and threw it, and they were throwing a 20-yard curl, he expects to hit seven steps, take a hitch step, and throw it and let it go. And if, he, if the receiver wasn't ready by the time he took the hitch step, he'd be like, hey, what the fuck are you doing? Or he moves on to another guy, right? Mm -hmm. Right? So – that's where he'll line it up to be like, hey, receiver, you know, you got to run it this way because after this hitch, he's going somewhere else. We're teaching him to go somewhere. We don't have all day to sit there and wait for you. He's going to get everybody on the same page. Marion drops with routes, doing that all together. And, yes, I think that will help make him a machine. The one thing, and we heard Alex Smith make, make this point in the offseason a little bit, the ex-quarterback for the Chiefs and 49ers, right, uh, think about what, you know, Zach Wilson's got talent, right? He didn't get to play a ton in college, but he played a good amount. He went to a team that had an offensive coordinator who never called plays before in the NFL. And this was his first job in the New York media market with a second-year quarterback. I mean, a second-pick-of-the-draft second quarterback mm -hmm. and a rookie head coach who had never been a head coach before. So, you know, that's the point Alex Smith tried to make in the offseason a little bit. Like, it's hard to succeed when, succeed when you don't have the right support system behind you. So, hopefully all these things are there. And the Jets aren't giving up on Zach Wilson, yeah. like I've been saying, because the talent is there, and you just don't give up on that talent. But they got a lot of talented guys everywhere, Ahmed. So, last thing, you were, yeah. you were surprised about the Jaguars last year, and you went into the – season being like they're going to be better than than I thought previously right, right you already thought the Jets and Browns were going to be pretty good they got yeah. talent there yeah surprised by anything else I mean like are they about what you thought they were I yeah I think I think so I think the encouraging thing for the Jets you know I know Makai only played a little bit but at least he played Makai Becton yeah right he adds tremendous size to their overall look right you know, they're very happy with Quentin Williams and where that's going. But I think it's some of the, like, hey, Will McDonald, the first-round pick. There's buzz about him from everybody. I'm going to give you a W on that one, a I, trending we'll W on it, that it, one, It too. seems like it. And the other guy that there was buzz with is Jermaine Johnson, our guy that they drafted in the first round from Florida State last year. I'm going to give you a, tr a, tr a trending I, W on they, they, they were They were a lot of praise to him and what he was doing. 
and it sounds like McDonald's going the right way here too. But uh, yeah, there's an energy about them, and what makes them? I didn't get to see Garrett Wilson, but I've seen him before. You know, like I said, they have some big people, but what makes them a little different looking too is Alan Lazard's a big receiver. Corey Davis is a much bigger human being than you think. Mm. Sauce Gardner, whoa, right? So they got some guys at some skill positions that, you know, kind of pop up too who are big for that size or big for that position that, you know, catches your eye. It, it certainly does. Uh, and, you know, like I said, Cleveland, same type of thing. It wasn't all their starters out there and everything, but a lot of good-looking guys in yeah. pregame. More, and, you know, you look at Elijah Moore, he's on a mission. David Njoku, he's on a mission. Getting to see, you know, Nick Chubb in person. Woo! Man, legs and ass, right? Um, but they, they were both. I think there are two teams that are on the up and up and, and very excited about where things are going. you got to tell me about the parties, though. Okay. All right. I know. The Here Hall we of go. Fame parties. Parties. You were, you were there Saturday. I was the there Saturday. Festivities. For the festivities. So, you know, in the heat. It was, it was really cool to be a part of it. It yeah. really was. Um, it was like, man, the weekend itself, it, it was like awesome and sad and everything, right? I, these people were such a big part of my life, my first six and seven years of my NFL career. And my wife was there with me. And a lot of them we hadn't seen in forever, right? And so you go back to this type of event, you know, and the Buccaneers, the, the Glaciers threw an unbelievable party. And it's just, you know, it's, it's soul-wrenching. It really is. Mm. Seeing people where I go, man, I mean, I used to be with this guy every day for seven months a year. Right. Yeah. And we were buddies. I mean, we were buddies. We walked and we got we went to the cafeteria together. Right. We sat in the sauna together. We got dressed and naked together. You know what I mean? I mean, what's more bonding than that? I mean, geez. Right. I know it's like yeah. you chuckle about it. Yeah. But when you think about some of the things you do, that's why you hear people say it's a brotherhood. Yeah. And it was how just... many people do you take a shower with in your life? Not many. <laughs> exactly. Not many. And, and for me, I could say quite a few, actually. <laughs> uh, but but yeah, yeah, that's where it was just like, oh, man, it was just such special times in your life. You know, I was a young man growing, learning everything, had all these people who were good to me. We had fun times together and just to see some of the legends, some of the old coaches, some of my old teammates. Um, it was definitely some moments of fighting back tears of wow. like, wow, man, damn, you know, I missed you and uh, all of that. My wife, she was like teary eyed, like for the first 30 minutes of Rondé's party wow. because it was just one blast from the past after another, right? Uh, but the party was awesome, right? Uh, we, had, we had a good time. That Bucks team always knew how to party, okay? <laughs> we were good at that. Yeah, but you're all old now. Uh, you know? yeah, we it's still know like... how to do that part, okay? Yeah. Drinky, drinky, smoky, smoky. We're good at that, okay, there <laughs> down in Tampa Bay? Uh, but it was. It was awesome. I mean, Brad Johnson, Mike Allstott, right? Warren Sapp, John Lynch, right? Of course, Rondé, yep. his brother Tiki being there, you know, my old buddy Ryan Neese, I mean, Brian Kelly, all these guys that played on the team. It just it just couldn't have been a, a better event. And uh, the, the Glaciers cool. threw a hell of a party. That's cool. At a R&B, I mean, a hip-hop artist, Russ, who's okay. got some songs that I know of just because my kids keep me cool. Yep. And I do like his songs, so he kind of let it off. And then they went to CeeLo, CeeLo Green. Oh, wow. Right. CeeLo was there. CeeLo was there with this whole band, and he was wearing red pants like you. Oh, yeah. And a red... 
you know, tank top. Yeah. And he was sweating and dancing. Uh, but it was, it was, it was really cool. It really was. And um, it was awesome. Here's the best part of the night, right? Yeah. So I do that. You know, you sit outside for a ceremony and lose like four pints of water because it's 90 degrees and they don't cover the audience, right? Yeah. You go back to your hotel room and it's one of those where you're like, whoo, I'm exhausted. What like, time is it? At that what point? time is it? Do we, yeah. do yeah. we have to show to that party on time? Should we yeah. take a nap? Right. You know, it's kind of one of those things. So we go to the party and you're, you know, it's one of those where you're on the way there. You're like, Ooh, man, I gotta, I'm going to have to really get myself going here. And of course, once you start to see everybody, the adrenaline goes and then it's, Hey, meet me at the bar for a drink. And then you mm -hmm. see another guy there, Hey, we're going to the bar and you have another drink and you're like, you know, all of a sudden you're there for like 12 minutes. You're like, I've already had three drinks already, yeah. <laughs> you know, but uh, night goes on, great night, blah, blah, blah. We're stuck in Canton, Ohio. It's like 1230 at night. And my wife and I, we're back in Cleveland now at a hotel where we want to go back to Cleveland because right. we're leaving from Cleveland in the morning. We can't get an Uber. Oh, no. We can't get an Uber. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, and we're kind of in the middle of nowhere. And yeah. it's a little bit like You're, what, like an hour away from an hour away from Cleveland, right? yeah. you know, from the Hall of Fame. We were probably like 25, 30 minutes from there. We had a cool place kind of out in the country that was like an event space or whatever else. And so now we're in the parking lot and it's like, whoa, we're, what are we going to do? And we're looking around. There's cars and vans everywhere, but they're all assigned to go to other hotels and everything like that. And Warwick Dunn walks out. Remember Warwick Dunn? Oh, the yeah. great Warwick Dunn. And he's sitting there eating some food. And we talk and hey, blah, 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 blah. And I'm just, hey, what's up? And you know, how's everything going? He goes, Oh, yeah, we're we're about to get in the car and go to Cleveland. And I'm like, huh? You're going to Cleveland? I was like, oh, so are we. And he's like, oh, really? Yeah. He's like, who's taking you? <laughs> and my wife goes, We're having trouble finding an Uber. And he was like, uh, uh, um, uh, I could take you. I was like, I mean, we'll take you to our hotel and then you could get an Uber from there. And we were like, sure. So him and his son Paxton, he rented a car and he drove us back to Cleveland at one in the morning. I'm sitting there wow. in the passenger seat with work done. My wife and work done son are in the back seat falling asleep. <laughs> and we're yeah. I'm peppering him like it's Chris Sims on Bud. Oh my god. I'm asking him he's probably he's like, like, Will this, this guy shut the hell up? Right. Yeah. Right. I'm asking him about questions of Florida State, with Michael Vick and the Falcons. I'm going on and on. But uh thank you to work done for saving me and my wife. Thank oh, you very that's much. Cool. That's right. cool. Well, I hope someone was like, We gotta do this more often than just once every 10 years i hope there was someone that was like we got to get the whole crew together i know five years from now it, uh well i think the next push from that defense will be simeon rice oh right we'll just meet at the hall of fame so every hopefully so he'll often. invite me you know i don't know we were good friends when <laughs> yeah. we played i hope he even invite me but um yeah i you know one thing that came to the hall of fame itself the inductees this year the one thing i said this morning it was the scrapper group you know demarcus where I understand he was a first round pick, but he also went to Troy at like 190 pounds and was not like a defensive end or anything like that. He had a work to get there. You know, Darrell Rivas, I know he was a top pick too. Uh, but, but like when you get into Rondé and Zach Thomas and some of the other guys, like yeah. they were guys that came from nothing. Ken Riley, you know, out of nowhere where they had to work for it. And Joe Klecko, same type of thing. You know, and, and uh, that, that's what I appreciated about the class. And I, I'm very appreciative. I've been lucky to be on some teams with Hall of Famers. To be on that Bucks team, that was special. You know, I got to go to the Tennessee Titans and be with Kevin Mawai, who was the best center I was ever around in my life. I went to Denver and got to be Brian Dawkins and Champ Bailey 
and Thai law, yeah. right? So I've had a you know a shamrock up my ass as far as uh, being lucky to be around some real real NFL legends, and I'm very grateful for that. Keep those relationships going so you yeah. can go to Canton every uh, every couple of yeah, years right? and have those parties. <laughs> um, oh, that's cool. I, I like I like hearing that. I'm glad you got back though in town time for the podcast here. Um, I flew back. I was in Cleveland too, and so I did that. Um, and now we're back, and now we're here. Everything okay? Everything was good with with Cleveland. We had a brawl. In our, you in our game on Saturday. You think? We, we, we weren't covering that game, but I we know. were all there and watching oh, what happened. I was on the way back or yeah. maybe on the yeah on the way back or, and I saw, like, you know, the fight. Yeah. And I was like, oh, they were an Anderson and Ramirez fight. Now, Tim like, Anderson, oh. Jose Ramirez. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I'm like, oh, man, Anderson must have whooped him. And I was like, because, you know, Anderson's got such a great he athlete. He could have. He really could have. Like, you've probably seen the clip out there now. It's like the, He one was of the, winning the fight. So, Ramirez had a blind, no-look punch. Yes. But so, he yeah. connected. Here it is. If you're watching, uh, this is our friend Pitching Ninja who posted this on Twitter. So, yeah, it was kind of a, a wild right hand by Jose Ramirez that just clocked Tim Anderson I mean, he was not looking. His hand, head was ducked. Yeah. And he just threw yeah. it. It and it hit him exactly. right in the draw. There's like four teammates uh, of Tim Anderson around Jose Ramirez, one trying to hold him back. And there was one punch right before this by Tim Anderson that it was a right hand that just went barely over the head of oh, Jose Ramirez, where it could have been totally different if he connects on that punch. Uh, but that's a good old-fashioned base brawl. We haven't seen those in a long time. What? That is old school. Wait, first off, let me just wax poetically for a second about yeah. two things I love. One, and you, I want you to explain. I don't know what got Ramirez so mad about the tag. Yeah. Okay. And so maybe you can give me more on that in a second. Yeah. And then the other thing, like, the one thing I love, right? And you don't see this often, like you said, in baseball. Like, Anderson just taking his glove off and just going, let's fight. Yeah. That, to me, I was like, <laughs> the guy from Jersey, I was like, damn, he might be my new idol right there. I mean, yeah. just to be so, like, just the hell with all the talk. Take the glove off and just get in the punching position and go, let's fight. Yes. And then the ump back it out of the way and go, go ahead. He became a, a boxing referee <laughs> he, immediately, he, that umpire really, did. It he was, was smart, like, too. He was like, they're throwing punches. I'm not getting in the way of this. The, I way, he, the way he backed away almost made me believe that he was at one point a, a boxing referee. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, yeah, the fact that they threw down their gloves and squared up, it was like squaring up. Like that, you don't always see because usually it's just like one push and then a wild swing right away. You don't, you don't square up, but – um, uh, you talked to the <laughs> we did the talk manager. To, we did talk to both Guardians? managers. Yeah, um, we talked to Tito. Yeah, and uh, and there definitely was history. Okay. There, it wasn't all about just a hard tag because gotcha. when you look at the play, like Jose Ramirez slides in very head first, hard. Right. It was a hard slide. I didn't think it was a bad tag. I didn't look no, at it and go no. unnecessary. He just or put the like tag that. down and then yeah. held the tag on right. him. And um, so I, I think Jose Ramirez. Felt something on his head when right. he went sliding by. Saw and it was him. There was history between. They don't like. They don't like Tim Anderson. Okay. They don't. They don't like him. They don't like this White Sox team. But I think that there have been things previously in this year yeah. and in years past where there have some been some things said to each other. Um, and I, I heard rumors that even on Sunday morning that. Perhaps there were people with Tim Anderson and his crew that were looking to settle things with Jose Ramirez again. Like, that's just a rumor I heard that was going throughout the ballpark. And so I was surprised nothing happened in our game on, on Sunday. Yeah. But Tim Anderson wasn't playing. We, we didn't see him. And it looked like he might have been 
Like he's in concussion protocol. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah, he went through the test. He tried to stand there and act normal, but then as soon as they started to walk off the field, he was Tua, you know, versus the uh, Buffalo Bills there. Well, but it was maybe he was getting in the spirit of these training camp fights that we have seen with Travis Kelsey doing yeah. some of that. And yeah, maybe we'll see some more uh, some more fighting around around. So what is it about Tim? Just a little too flashy for baseball? Doesn't follow the unwritten rules, unspoken things you don't do about the game? I mean, I remember when he first got in the league, that was an issue. Is yes. it still that type of thing? I don't. No, I, I, you know, it's hard for me to say because yeah. we were just there for a day. And yeah. I, I don't know, but I do. I get the feeling that you know he's a trash talker. Yeah, and you know how sometimes trash talking go a little too far. Right, right, and, right. It, and it's you say something, you know, it's like that's a little, a little beyond, much, a little yeah. much, right? right. And it's right. like a little personal, maybe. Yeah. And and I think teammate is people against him take offense to that, and then. I think you know more than you're letting on. You're full of shit, okay? I know you do. You, you, you're looking. I can tell the look in your face. You're moving like, on. I, don't know, I think guys think I think guys think this, and I think guys think that. I, you damn I don't well wanna, know. I don't want to burn All my right, sources fine. here, but right, uh, good, I've, I've given you a lot. But I've given you a lot, lot already. There's history. We got it. There's yep. some history there. Yep. He t- takes it too far, trash talking. All right, so an fine. eventful week in Cleveland for both of us, right? Very we learned eventful. a lot of we Very. learned a lot of fun things. Yes, there. we did. I'm we, tired as hell too. I know we both got out of there. Miracle, <laughs> our, our planes were uh, on time. Actually, mine was delayed a little bit. And here we are now. Uh, there's the intro. Now we move on to the meat <laughs> Real of the football. Po- meat of the podcast. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com, to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Uh, so for the rest of the pod, we're going to talk about one player to watch in the NFC. We'll go through the NFC here today. We'll go through the AFC on Wednesday. And so what this is, and we did this last year as well, yeah. this will be one player to watch in preseason. So this is a, you know, we're not going to pick a veteran guy because they might not play that much in right. the preseason. Maybe right. there's one that will be sprinkled in that's trying to yeah, fight we, for a job. Yeah, and we don't need to see some stars. Right, exactly, to your point, right. We know who the stars are. I mean, we, we don't need to, oh, we got to watch T.J. Watt in the preseason. We don't need to watch him in the preseason. He's going to be good. Don't Just uh, yes. look at somebody else. And, yeah, there's a good chance those guys don't play. We're talking about that guy that is flying under the radar a little bit, 
or a guy that we go, ooh, you know, he needs to develop and take the next step, or a guy where we go, at least in my and how I'm doing the exercise, like this is a spot that I have a question about on their their roster, mm-hmm. and can this person show up and maybe answer those questions for us? So that's kind of the the route we're talking about here, and and uh, you know, hopefully we got some good ones and some good things to talk about. We got some homies chiming in on some of these too on players that they will want to watch. Um, I have some big butt guys that I will want to watch Please. early on in this preseason. So we're going to go from order of the worst odds to win the NFC to the best mm. odds. Matt has ordered it in that fashion. So that means we do start with the Cardinals, who are plus 10,000 to one to win the NFC. Um, they're, they're in a rebuilding year. Yeah, There's probably a lot of guys that fans will want to watch young guys right it is it's a rebuilding year you know like, like we saw in the barn when we were watching the draft i mean they, they're setting it up for next year right with all the trades to get the picks next year and everything there this is just a let's start to advance the culture into what we want and start to build the team and get in these early phases to get it where okay you know now next year we can make some waves and make some moves right i think that's where they are as a football team right now you know, there, there's, of course, hey, there's there's questions everywhere on this football team. You know, so we know O-line, some things there. Of course, the rookie in Paris, Johnson, and all that. But here's the one I'm going to throw out to you, right? I mean, when I look at them, yeah, there's some, there's some spots across the roster right now where you go, it's a little underwhelming. It's, it's underwhelming. Who's going to rush the passer, anything mm-hmm. like that, you know? Who stands out in that department? Yeah, there's questions there. But the one I'm going to go with here just for one guy to watch, right, is Marco Wilson, the corner, number 20. Got drafted from Florida a few years ago. Marco Wilson's a guy that I look at to go, one, you know, it's year three, and I think he has a chance to take a step into going like, you know, island-type cornerback, a guy that they can go, hey, you got him, and we're going to do some other stuff over here. Gannon, he'll he'll definitely play some man-to-man and put his corners in some of those situations, right? So to me, that's the guy, like, I don't question their safeties, right? I don't have any issue there. We know that. Isaiah Simmons and Zayvon Collins in the middle and all that. Okay, yeah, we've got to see more from Isaiah Simmons. I get all that. But, I, I mean, if Marco Wilson – can take the next step and they can trust him in some man-to-man situations being a shutdown lockdown corner I think that'll maybe give Jonathan Gannon some more guts to blitz and do some creative things on that side of the ball he's been a he can be a little all over the place as far as inconsistencies but man I mean the skills are there and he has some games last year I remember on film going man this guy is a hell of a player so he's the guy I'm going to be kind of looking at to go, can he take the next step? But you said it right. This is a team that I'm not expecting a ton of right now in this, this coming year. Former fourth-round pick out of Florida in his third year now, like you yeah. mentioned, has started 13 games in both of his years so far. He, he's, he, he's a player. It's just can he now go into, ooh, he might be a star player. Yeah. Right? And he's one of the few guys I think you look at to go, hey, young guy that can really be something on this roster right now and, and make some waves in the NFL. You, I know we got some rookies and some yeah. things like that we could talk about. You know, the linebackers we talked about in the draft and and Owen Papo, you know, but I, I didn't want to go all rookies here too. Obviously no. we want to see the rookies. And, you know, some of these 
some of these rookies, I don't look at them to be the most important piece to what no. the year might be or whatever else. Well, I'll, I will give you a rookie for the big butt yeah. on the defensive line there because you mentioned it. It's like there's no more J.J. Watt, Zach Allen's gone, and so that is a, a area of need and weakness for this mm-hmm. team, and so who's going to step up? And so the six-round pick out of West Virginia, Dante Stills, is, is a guy that maybe you, you keep an eye on him and you can learn early on if he's a guy that – can be part of your plans yeah. early on this season. Yeah, I mean, you know, th- they are lack of big-time interior Dean Lyman or, or, or like we talked about, just front seven difference yeah. makers in general, right? You need a guy can or they get two one of these guys, up. Right, can step up, not only make a few plays, but just add to the depth of the team overall. We know they're going to be playing in – you know, a division where you got the 49ers and Seahawks and they got some offensive firepower. So that is the Cardinals. The Rams have the second to worst out. How about that? How the mighty have fallen, right? As quick as we've ever seen it. Plus 4,500 to win the NFC. Mandalorian 27. He'll be watching Rams rookie second round pick O-lineman Steve Avila. Yeah. Based off his college tape. How do you feel about him, Yeah, well, here's one where, like, the the rookies are – I'm picking rookies here. Yeah. Avila was one that I I certainly looked at, right? I think he – it's to me Avila or third round pick Byron Young who rushes the passer out of Tennessee. So I'm going to cheat on this one and kind of say those two. Those are the ones. But I think if I had to pick one, I'd probably go with Avila. Just because, as we talked about with Matthew Stafford and the quarterback rankings, right, when I did that, the protection was – it was beyond horrible. Yeah. Right? He had no chance. And part of that that was because they're not very good on the offensive line. This guy, yeah, he's big. You know, he's a guy that could – set up a wall and anchor in there against bigger defensive tackles so Matthew Stafford won't have people in his face uh, so I, if you make me pick one yeah he's the guy we got to watch you know, the, the rest of the group as far as the O-line are concerned yeah it's not the most impressive group I know what Rob Havenstein is Joe, Joseph Nopum the left tackle solid you know receivers we know who they are and it's not all that impressive of the group if Cooper Cup is hurt um, so that's why I, I'm with uh, our listener and Steve Avila. And, you know, Byron Young is the other guy I do say, just I bring that up because, hey, Leonard Floyd's gone, right? This is a team that's like we just talked about with the Cardinals. It's kind of like they're planning for the future. It's not about this year. And, and can Byron Young, as an outside pass rusher, show that he is the future and, and, you know, take one thing off their radar as far as having to address that need and going on going forward? Crap. You took my big buck guy. Yeah. Byron Young. Yeah. He was my guy, the edge. Because um, it really That's, is. It's Aaron Donald and a bunch of young guys it, there. It totally is. But Byron Young's not that young either because he was the third-round pick out of Tennessee, but he turned 25 back in March. And so I think here's a case where you do need to see something early in the preseason because it's not like you can take a year or two of development because then you're talking about a 27-year-old. Yeah, right. You're right. He's an old rookie. Yeah, old rookie. He's um, extremely explosive. And the way they run their offense, I would think he's going to fit. I mean, you know, like they used Leonard Floyd, yeah, it's, it's rushed the passer. But, hey, Raheem Morris, they do a lot of, hey, this U2 blitz, U2 drop out, you know. They change and ask their edge guys to do some different things on that defense. I think he'll be able to do them all, let alone, you know, I wouldn't be shocked if he made some waves sacking the quarterback. I thought his first step in the draft was about as fast as anybody coming around the edge. And, you know, sometimes with some of these guys, you know, they had more things to think about in college on 
on certain downs. Now, you know, he might just play a specific role. I, I'm interested to see how they play it, where they might yeah. just say, hey, get wide. Just go after the quarterback. Don't worry about so many other things. Um, but he certainly has got the, the, the traits to be something in that, in that department. Uh, ben Rosen wants to watch the running back, Kieran Williams. Uh, Cam Akers there as well. Zach Evans they, they drafted. So who's going to emerge at running back is another question for the Rams here. There's a lot of, lot of young There's guys. a lot of questions about the Rams. And, I, you know, one, I, I love Matthew Stafford. I love Cooper Cup. I love Aaron Donald. McVay's going to coach them tough. They're going to be physical. And he's going to have good game plans. It's just I don't know if they have enough still, you know, if that's enough to overcome or get, you know, to 500 record. I, I would say not probably. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Wow, how the mighty have fallen is right. right. So they are plus forty five hundred right there with the uh, with the Rams. So tied for second to last. Who's uh, your uh, Who's your big butt here? So my big butt for them is going to be Joe Tyron Shoyenka. Okay, I, I he's got a he's got to show up. That's exactly it. So I would have said Kalijah Kansi, yeah, the the rookie, um, but he's in a boot right now because right. he had a calf strain, yep. first round pick. I want I wanted to see what he's got. But we'll have to wait maybe a little bit more on that. So uh, so for Joe here, yeah, does he take that huge step? Because everything you read, it's like he's got great physical upside. He's got a bend. He's got athletic traits that are off the chart. But it's like, can he get to the quarterback? And I know Todd Bowles talked a lot about he was getting back there, but then he would slip. He wouldn't take the right angle. He, you know, it's just he's like never finished the play. He's always finish, something. Right? right. He didn't right. finish. Yeah. Can he be that guy, former first round pick, who can finally look like a first round pick? Yeah. I, I mean. Listen, he was on my short list, all right? This is a team that, you know, how good is the offense going to be? I, I don't know. They're gonna, we know the defense has some pieces, so they got to hold it down, right? I, I'm not expecting, whether it's Kyle Trask or Baker Mayfield, for us to be sitting here and going, wow, they're executing like the 2021 Tampa Bay Buccaneers with Brady, right? You know, last year we saw with Brady it was hard for them to execute, Yeah. right? So the defense has got some pressure on them. There's no doubt about that. And, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pop off and go with the guy on the other side of the line from him, and Shaquille Barrett. Where's Shaquille Barrett at? How good can he be? The reason I say that, and he might not play much here, right? So I got another guy, too, off of this because I'm cheating on this whole exercise. Yeah, yeah already. Well, he's coming off an Achilles tear, right? And he's coming off a tr family tragedy. And, of course, he's being paid a lot of money, and he's being paid like a top-tier pass rusher in football. You know, I'm, I'm interested to see where he's at. I really am, you know, and, and I have a heavy heart saying that. I do. But, yeah, because I look at it like you're saying. I don't – the Bucks are one of those teams where they might have to win games 16 to 13, you know, 17 to 14 early on in the year. I, I don't think they're going to be an offensive juggernaut. So that's why I kind of leaned where your thought was. It was Trianka – or Shaquille Barrett for me. Now, I, I wrote another name in, in Cody Mock, right? Just because we know their O-line stinks or it had issues last year. There's no Donovan Smith. They're moving Tristan Wirfs to left tackle. He's seeing a psychologist because he's nervous about it, right? So Cody Mock, and there's a real need in the interior part of their O-line. They're going to be relying on a guy, you know, who played one double-A football to move people out of the way at guard this year. So that's just another name I'll throw out there. But I think we hit the two that I think are the most important because I think that defense, it's on them. The money's there. It's on that side of the ball right now. they got to hold down the fort as the offense comes along. Rams were 5-12 and 12 last year. The Washington Commanders were 8-8 eight and eight and won. 
surprising eight eight and one. I think for for some people out there, yeah, they are plus four thousand to win the NFC. Who is your one player to watch this preseason for them? Like I go to them, right, and I try to be creative a little here. I don't want to just like be chalk, right? I, I there's some questions in the secondary that certainly are wor- worthy of watching and all that. But I think this one's easy. What does Chase Young look like? What if Chase Young? Why are you encroaching on my territory well, so often here? <laughs> Chase Young, well, because we're friends and we think alike. <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm sure he is your big butt to watch because if Chase Young is healthy and back to what he was before the injury, you know, what do I, what do I say? Those secondary guys that I was about to bring up, I go, well, fuck, we don't have to worry about them as much because that pass rush will be there in 2.2 seconds. You know, that changes their football team. When you got four guys across the board who are just uh, a handful, I mean, we know you don't have to be that great in the secondary. So his his health and his overall effect for what he can do with the football team, it is huge. You know, if he's good and this D-line is playing like it was during the COVID year and all that, then you sit here and go, ooh, Washington might surprise some people. They can... You know, again, they could buy some time for Sam Howell to develop and not always have to rely on, the, hey, defense, we need you to dominate in the early part of the year. So Chase Young's health is, of course, crucial to that. And, you know, his big butt's crucial to your your life as well. So he was my big butt. I mean, like, look at that defensive line. I like, know. On paper, if they're playing to their ability, the best in the NFL, you got Montez Sweat, you got Darren Payne, you got Jonathan Allen, you got Chase Young. It's 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 up there. I mean, I would put that defensive tackle duo up there with anybody. And Montez Montez Sweat is one of the best pass rushers that nobody talks about in football. Agreed. You know, so that that's that's I, I'm with you there. You know, um, but yeah, hey, for another just overall thought, hey, the the safety position, how that plays out, that's very you know interesting to me for sure. And of course, we'll have our eyes on our uh, my one of my guys from Illinois, Jartavius Martin. You know it, Quan Martin, and and I'm interested to see with Emmanuel Forbes. You know the 160 pound corner, yeah, and what he looks like, and you know I loved a lot of things about him except for change direction. But I think Chase Young is the the obvious one and the right one here. They got those two rookies, yeah, Forbes and Martin, who are yeah. slated to start I know, right now. I know. And so yeah, you're right. They need a uh, they need a defensive line that is disruptive right. to the quarterback of, of the opposing team out there. Next, we got the Chicago Bears. Surprisingly, they were three and fourteen last year, yeah. And so they have the one, two, three, four, fifth, sixth worst odds. So like we're talking almost getting to mid pack here for the Bears. There's a lot of high hopes in Chicago after a, a rough season, maybe even too high of hopes if you ask a Detroit Lions fan. <laughs> Um, did I skip a team? Oh, I skipped the Panthers. Sorry. Okay. Uh, wow. Disrespect. Because I, I, I was just shocked that the uh, the Bears were. Well, we got to go to the Bears. We'll go back to Carolina. We'll, we'll do the Bears since you messed it up. Jeez. I mean, gosh. <laughs> Guy talks to, you know, Francona and does a game. Yeah. Now he just thinks he can run the show. Fucking a over yeah, here. Move the Bears. I was trying to move the Bears down, but yeah. Sorry about that. We'll, we'll get to the Panthers, who have yeah plus four thousand odds. Bears at plus three thousand. Yeah. Who's your Who's your dude to watch? Well, the Bears like. They did a lot of good things. That's that's why their odds are going up. I, I mean, they they did, and of course, everybody's expecting Justin Fields to take this Jalen Hurts type step, right? I'm not as inco- I'm not as confident in that as everybody else. I got to see it a little bit first to believe it. But man, they I mean they made some moves this offseason. They certainly, you know, free agency spent some money. I, I know we want to watch the O line and where they go. You know, they they got you know not only Tevin Jenkins from two drafts ago. 
but also, you know, with, with uh, their first rounder this year, what the hell is his name, from uh, Darnell Wright from, from Tennessee, right? Yep. So I, I know that's, that's a thing. But here's the one to me that, that I want to watch and see where it's at. It's Chase Claypool. Chase Claypool. Like, he didn't really make his presence felt when he got traded there last year. Chase Claypool, as you know, and as I've said many times in this podcast, he has superstar traits. He could be a, it's all about mentality, detail, work ethic. Don't say the wrong things into the microphone, whatever. It's all that type of stuff that is the question there. And can he be consistent day in, day out and do that? If Chase Claypool can be the guy that I think he can be, where he showed glimmers of that with the Pittsburgh, because we know who DJ Moore is, right? Yep. They've made some proper adjustments on the O-line. We know Fields is going to run. The quarterback design runs a thing. Cole Komet's good at tight end. I like their running backs, right? I like Khalil Herbert. I think Roshan Johnson's going to be good, and Deontay Foreman's damn good too. So I just look at Chase Claypool as the guy that I go, ooh, that'll take it over the top. That'll make them scary. If Justin, is, Justin Fields is somewhat consistent, and now you got, oh, wait, we're worried about the run, and we're worried about the run. And like we do with Philadelphia, you go, well, now you got one-on-one with A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. Oh, now you got one-on-one with D.J. Moore and Chase Claypool. Oh, and Darnell Mooney's going to be getting healthy along this process too because he's coming back from ACL. To me, he's the guy that can take this to the next level, right? Speed sweeps, the reverses, all that type of stuff. Catch yeah. a slant, take it to the house. If his head's screwed on straight, he's dangerous, and him and DJ Moore have potential to be one of the more dangerous combos in football. Yeah, it was disappointing, his usage, and he just didn't click no, with him last no. year because I'm looking at his numbers because he played half his games with the Steelers, half his games basically with the Bears. He had 32 catches with the Steelers. He had just 14 for 140 yards in those seven games with the Bears. And they handed him the ball one time for four yards. Yeah. Like, they just didn't Inexcusable. use him. Inexcusable. You're right. They can't do that. You know, he got there, too, right as they started to go finally into the quarterback design run, right? Yeah. So they have that. And then, you know, I think Justin Fields, the only guy in the trust tree with him was, was Darnell Mooney. So hopefully this offseason has allowed the offense to find more ways to use him. Fields to use them better, feel more comfortable. But yes, I mean, Ahmed, I mean, you know, like we always do on this thing, and you hear me, like, I, I, it should be like, Fields run right, Fields drop back, throw a quick pass, Fields fakes run right and gives it to the running back. He goes out the back door, Fields fakes it to the running back, runs right, gives it to Chase Claypool. He's going that way. Oh, they fake all of that. Oh, no, here's DJ Moore going on a deep post, right? I mean, they should just play all these fuckers off of each other. Yeah. They all can make things happen in the open field and be dangerous. And uh, that's where I am excited for the potential of the Bears. My big butt is Gervin Dexter, a second-round pick out of Florida, defensive yeah. tackle. Uh -huh. His teammate, too, who starts over him, uh, Justin Jones. I was watching a press conference. He goes, he's a beast out there. He benches like 500 pounds. He's, he looks the part. He, you know, I, I watch them closely. The, he has the body and some things about him where you go, ooh, he could be something. He wasn't the great – he's a little stiff, and he had some contact balance issues, right? But he's in a place where I'd go, this scheme is great for him. Mm. He's not a two-gapper, let's wrestle and do all that, right? He'd be more of a just get through that gap, get through that gap. He's that kind of guy, and uh, hopefully it, it fits well for him. All right, so we go back now to the team that I skipped so rudely. What an asshole. Maybe because I've picked them to be a playoff team like the last two years, and they've disappointed me. Yeah, so well, I, I think you, I've probably led you down that road a little bit. They're dead to me. Plus <laughs> 4,000, the Carolina Panthers. Carolina. 
Hey, we, I mean, we know the quarterback and all that. We're not ta- taking, taking quarterbacks. I really don't have many questions about, you know, the defense overall. There's nothing there that I sit there and go, ooh, you know, this is one we got to watch. To me, it's, it's, it's one position. It's receiver, right? It's receiver. And I'm going to single out – I have two names written down, but I think I'll single out Terrace Marshall because okay. he's – He's he's got to be a go-to consistent target for this offense this year. You know, they got DJ Chark. He's the other name I wrote down because DJ Chark is a guy that could be a he can be a game breaker. We've seen moments of that with the Lions and the Jaguars. He's kind of fought some injuries here the last few years. But his potential's big time. You know, so I like that, but I'm going to say Terrace Marshall more for this ex- exercise because he's got to be the the meat and potatoes receiver. He's got to be the guy that on first and 10, we can throw a play action past him and he'll catch it over the middle and take a hit. And then on third and eight, we can he'll read the coverage the right way and, you know, sit down in the zone or realize it's man and be able to separate and, and be a friendly target for, for Bryce Young. So that's the guy I look at. You know, they, they, they let go of the guy we just talked to and traded DJ Moore to get this pick. Yeah. So this is a position that you know, certainly needs to be looked at, evaluated, and uh, who's going to pop up for them to, to take some pressure off of Bryce. A lot of people were high on him coming out of yeah. LSU and I this was is now pretty his high too. third year right he caught 28 passes last year but he did have like almost 500 yards so big play Some big play exactly sure. right right yeah will he will he double he that was production? a poor man's Justin Jefferson to me coming out right a guy where you went it's not like oh he's just gonna run for 80 yard bombs but he can beat you on the outside but you really want him on the inside because he's got size and he can run routes and when he gets the ball in his hands like you just talked about there he can act, he can turn it on a little bit. So we'll see where that goes. Who's your big butt there, So my buddy? big butt is the guy that you also liked coming yeah. out of the draft, probably a little bit more, Yeter Gross Matos, yeah. who is transitioning now kind of to outside linebacker, going to compete with Marquise Haynes for the spot that is opposite of Brian Burns. Um, he's he's a second-round pick out of Penn State in 2020, and it's kind of like now is the time to see, like, are you going to be a dude? Level. Yeah. Exactly right. I, I like your pick there. I do. You know, he goes next level and becomes a force on the edge. We know they got some other forces already. It's like we just talked about with Washington, right? We know Derek Brown's a beast. We know Brian Burns a beast. You add one more beast to the group, you start to become a problem at the position group, right? Yeah. And can he do that? And then, you know, this is a little bit like like we were talking about with Raheem Morris and the Rams. You know, EJ Evero is the new defensive coordinator there. They're gonna have a new look. And, you know, like we were talking about with them, it's going to be the same thing. Yeah, he's going to rush the passer a lot, but they're going to, you know, he's going to line up over the guard sometimes and have to drop down the middle of the field. Sometimes he's going to blitz, and he's going to be doing a lot of different things. I think he can handle it. I'm, I'm excited for the potential of this uh, Panthers D. So the Bears have the next best odds. I already talked about them. Yep. But they're actually tied with another team in their division, the Green Bay Packers, also plus 3,000. I, I really don't can't that. believe that. I don't get it either. Both of them – the same odds to win the NFC. It's it's just totally Aaron Rodgers, Jordan Love. We don't know what that's going to look like, and and then I think a little bit of a over the do over the top love fest of Justin Fields and the jump that the he offense, will make and right. they will make in another year. And I think year. that's fantasy based too. Maybe right. I mean, you know that that's that's uh, where that's at. Luke Beller says Jordan Love. That's his guy. Well, to watch. But, we yeah. know that. Yeah. We know that. Thank you, Captain Obvious Luke. <laughs> we appreciate that. Right. Uh, uh, but no, and serious. We know you're 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 not wrong. I mean, but what like for with him? Yeah. Like, what will you be watching that will indicate to you anything? Right. Like, will you learn from this preseason? Be like, oh, this is good. This is bad. I mean, like, what are you looking for from I him? I just want to see the this 
kind of like always the throwing, the mechanics. You know, yeah. I'm looking at that. The kind of plays they call a little bit, right? And then, like even preseason, the processing element. See, you get into training camp and things a lot, and you start to call plays and do this, and you know, you get into a comfort zone, and things are. Oh, it's those guys over there. I know what defense our defense plays all the time. This guy's going to be open, right? You know, this uh, that's the thing I want to see is, wait, the first guy's not open. How quickly are you going to get through? That's been something that's been a little bit of an issue when you dive back into his old film mm. of, like, the first guy's not open. You know, he can hang on that guy too long or want to fit it into a tight window. Will he move on? Will he get to the second to third guy, not hold the ball too long, get the ball out to a check down, run, do whatever? I think that's what I look for. But when I talk about the offense in general, like if they're calling like the most basic plays in the world, you know, in some of these games, I'd go, ooh, you know, they're really still kind of keeping the training wheels on. If I see a little bit more than that, I'll go, okay, they're, they're comfort. They moved to that next phase of the playbook for him. It's not going to be Aaron Rodgers. I know that, but uh, that's what I'll be looking for. Okay, all right. So, but oh, he's, my guy. You want yeah, me to who's pick? Who's your guy? You can't pick. You cannot pick. Luke can pick Jordan Love. You cannot. No, I cannot pick Jordan Love. I, I, I'm, going, I'm going inside on the D-line, right? A guy that kind of went through a lot of crap last year. He was a rookie last year. You know I liked him. But Devontae Wyatt. God dang it. Here yeah. you go again. Well, the, to me, the two Georgia boys in the middle are the big, the big ones I want to watch. Yep. Even Quay Walker, right, the linebacker. But Devontae Wyatt has – they got a steal at the end of the first round because of off-the-field issues that he had that scared some teams. I think he was widely viewed as a top 15, top 16 pick, top half of the first round. So, yes, and he was – you know, he dealt with uh, some injuries and in training camp or whatever else. And, you know, I don't think he ever got to get to a point in the season where he was hitting on all cylinders. If he can, that takes this defense over the, par over the top. Because you add him and Kenny Clark and you got a Rashawn Gary and DePreston Smith on the outside, then you start to go, whoa, there's, there's some problems here. And we know those corners are good on the outside too. He's the guy I'm going to have my eye on. Big number 95, Devontae Wyatt. So my big butt is uh – Big number 95, yeah. Devontae White, right. uh, for the things that you mentioned there. So T.J. Slayton, his teammate at Nose, has talked about it. He says he's way ahead of where he was last that's year. Great so that's great to already, hear. Yep. already a good sign. And he has made some splash plays in training camp. So the early results on, on Wyatt are good. You know, I, I tend to look at guys and, you know, when I do these kind of exercises, where's the money at? Or where's the, where's the guy that's been a little inconsistency, but I see something in him that go, ooh, this could be more than just like consistently good. This could be a consistently I kicks your ass superstar, fuck the playoff type of guy. Mm -hmm. And that's what I see in Devontae Wyatt. So, you know, that that's where I'm excited for him. And I mean, again, too, they got Lucas Van Ness, you know, and a first round pick there. So they got some guys and some depth on that side of the ball to be interchangeable and really mess with you. Uh, but, yeah, to me, it, it's the two Georgia boys, Quay, Quay Walker, too. If he gets to where I think he can get, he can be the ultimate eraser at middle linebacker. Uh, I'm excited for this Green Bay defense. I think they're going to have a little chip on their shoulder. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Look around. 
You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, like that car riding right your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. This year. Ninth best odds to win the NFC, the Atlanta Falcons. Woo! The Atlanta Falcons, we know we got to see the damn quarterback. That's for sure. The, the rookie, dang running back. That dang running back. I don't need to see him. He's going to be good. Yeah. All right? uh, they already know that. They're, I just want to see him just, yeah, just like, I know, see just it. to see it. Right. Yeah. You're just like, just so we can be like, oh my gosh, he's so awesome. Yeah. Right. Um, I'm a, uh, the, the guard that they took, Matthew Bergeron, the tackle from Syracuse, who you know I liked a lot. Right. I mean, of course, my eyes are going to be on him because if he turns out, I mean, that O line is going to be dominant. I mean, dominant, like dominant, dominant. Right. But this is not my pick. My pick will be on the defensive side of the football here with the Atlanta Falcons. Okay. Uh, there's a team that I would say, I don't want to say won the offseason, but you know I love the offseason between the draft and free agency. But I'm going to go to the edge. And a guy that's new to their team in Bud Dupree. Ooh, okay. Yeah, I know. It's a little off the radar. Here's why I say it. You know, they got Calais Campbell, got Grady Jared, you know. There, there are other outside linebacker defense end, Lorenzo Carter, who is on the Giants of Virginia. He's a big just like, you know, just a big, strong man. Not necessarily going to be a, a double-digit sack guy. I say Bud Dupree, and I say this to Falcons fans, because let's see what he's got. Let's see. You know, he never really got back to the guy he was when he signed the big deal to go to Tennessee the, you know, as in free agency when he left Pittsburgh. But if he's close to 100%, like, to me, that'll change them around. Right now, I look at them and go – I like everything they've done. Their defense is going to be good. I, you know, I know Grady Jarrett can cause disruption, but who's going to close games out and get sacks in the big moment? And that's where I go, Bud Dupree can be that guy. And if Bud Dupree becomes a pain in the ass and gets back to what he was in Pittsburgh, yeah, this defense, I think, can, can really surprise some people because I like the secondary and I like the rest of the group. They just need, to me, one more – playmaker splashy guy right in that front and uh, that's why i'll be looking at bud dupree it was hard for me i, I got timmy horn here who's a who's a nose tackle is going to be thrust into a little bit bigger role because eddie goldman uh retired he's been playing with the ones and so he's kind of an undrafted guy so i think that's just an interesting guy to watch but yeah bud dupree i just didn't know how much we'd see him in yeah the i know i know here, that's but. what's hard too you know I, I don't know you know some teams take the route of like hey we're gonna play our vets a little bit they got to get out there and play and do yeah. something and learn our system and learn how we play you know so yeah he is one that i might get burned by here where he might not play a ton of snaps i think he will yeah you know i like your timmy horn pick though Right. I mean, this is a team that's looking for some big people in the middle and he can kind of play that nose tackle shade nose type of thing and make a, a mosh pit in the middle of an offensive line and, and clog up the run and help out and be a little, you know, depth there. 
Uh, so so yeah. that's a good one by you. There's a lot of players to watch here. I mean, it's just like with you know, Drake London and Mac Hollins. It's like uh, looking like a pretty good one-two punch. I, I Mac Hollins is to me is one of the more underrated. Uh, wide receivers in football. Yeah. I mean, he is. He's you know, people think because he's a journeyman, he's like that. I mean, no, and then you add Kyle Pitts, and like you talked about, Bijan Robinson, and you start to go, damn, all right, have guys to watch. Yeah, you know, carrying, you know, covering that crew. We finally got to your Giants plus twenty five hundred oh, to win the NFC. Pretty good odds, still, yeah. I think. You know, basking in the glow of their impressive year last year, their playoff year last year. You're watching all these guys. I know that. Yeah. But if you had to pick just one. Yeah. I mean, all right. The, the, the two I wrote down, and this won't be my pick, but Bobby O'Karakey, all right, the new free agent linebacker. The Giants, for Wink Martindale's system, right, he's got no guy that really fits what he wants to do. He likes a, you know, middle of the field Patrick Queen or, you know, that's that's what he wanted yeah. when he was in Baltimore, right? A guy that's just, hey, runs with his hair on fire and just goes to get the ball. He didn't have that last year so that's where I want to say let's let's watch this guy play a little bit all right but the one I'm going to go is and actually I could see with some one of our fans at NFL fan Matt had the same one I'm going with Evan Neal mm. Evan Neal to me if he becomes dominant I, I just look at this old line and just start to go they could be a problem for people I mean when you just start to break down what they could have at center with John Michael Schmitz, the left tackle has got it. I mean, he's got it in Andrew Thomas. It's it's official. He turned the corner, and he's – I mean, of course, they, they're paying him that way. Glowinski's a great run-blocking old lineman, right? So they have a chance here if Evan Neal turns the corner and becomes what I think he can be to where you start to go, they're going to be able to impose their will on you in the run game no matter what, right? Because, I, hey, we question the receivers. I could have wrote some of the receivers down. I know that. You know, they're kind of playing committee. They took a shot on a few guys like Paris Campbell. You know, we'll see how Jalen Hyatt works out and all that. It'll all fucking work out if you can run up the middle for five yards with Saquon Barkley every play and protect Daniel Jones. He'll make the right read and all that. So that's why I go with them and Neil there. Yeah, TTJNYG also said Jalen Hyatt, and he's looking at one of those receivers. Sure, sure. Uh, you mentioned why the, the reasons, right? Looking for the number one wide receiver for Daniel Jones. Maybe he can be that guy out of, out of Tennessee. Uh, defensive line, I went with Aziz Ojulari. Okay. So uh, he just played seven games last year, uh -huh. but came on at the end of the year, or, or made his presence felt whenever he was was out there, basically. Um, former Georgia Bulldog. But, yeah, I think, like, healthy year for him, and that's a defensive line that has Dexter Lawrence and Leonard Williams and A'shaun Robinson. Could be a strong part of the team. I, I, I liked – he was on my original short list. You know, how could you not think about him and Kayvon Thibodeau a little bit? Mm -hmm. Honestly, Ojolari – for my money, right, and I know people think I'm a Thibodeau hater, and I get that. Yeah, I got to see a little more in the pass rushing department when you're the top five pick of the draft. Ojolari, I think, has more as a pass rusher than Thibodeau does. You know, so yeah, I, I mean, there were two I both wrote down with you because we know the interior part of the D line's good, right? That's we don't have to worry about that with the New York Giants. They got big asses to go for days over there. Mm -hmm. Dexter, Leonard Williams, they got Ashawn Robinson now. Right. I mean, they, their asses aren't going to fit on the screen, right? But can these guys on the edge, to your point, pop? And Ojolari's one that yes, flying under the radar, who could could surprise people with what he does this year. The seventh best odds to win the NFC are the Minnesota Vikings, the team that won 13 games last year. They're at plus 1,800. Uh, Chris Lazaro, four, says Ivan Pace Jr., hashtag skull. I mean, yeah, 
he'll be a fun guy. He will be to watch. That's my uh, my little bowling ball. My little mini me bowling ball. <laughs> right, exactly right. Yeah. Uh, listen, they're a team where when you break down the Vikings, you know, there's a lot of questions. There really is. You know, I, I mean. I, I, there's a lot of guys I, I wanted to write on this list. I, I can't lie. You know, one, I'm like Marcus Davenport, right? I was him. And then Andrew Booth, the kid they took from Clemson, you know, in the draft two years ago. I want to see him pop, right? I mean, th- they you can go on and on. But when I come down to it and I think about, you know, the Minnesota Vikings in general, you know, the big thing to me is, one, like, Justin Jefferson ain't going to be open like he was all year last year. Teams are this year going to go, we got to see it. And then the other part of that is, who the fuck you got covering people out there? Who's you covering? So this is one where I'm cheating and I'm going to the USC rookies. I'm going to the two they picked right right off the bat. You know, I think Makai Blackman, corner from USC, is the one I probably, if you made me pick one, I'm going to go with him. Okay. Because I just think it's an area where they're going to depend on him, I think, from get-go here to start, to play, to help their defense out. And, yeah, let's see where he's out. You know, he, and I don't know if he starts, but he's going to be playing a lot. Where, where is he at? That's what I meant to say. Let's see where he's at. How dependable is he? You know, can he crack the starting lineup for sure and hold down that spot here through preseason? So that's the one I look at. You know, and I do want to say Jordan Addison because, yeah, I just think the whole <laughs> – the whole division's had the offseason to look at Minnesota, and they've all taken a week or two to go, what do they do? What do they get the ball to Justin, Ju- Justin Jefferson? We want to steal that one for our offense, mm-hmm. and then we want to stop it. And now they're all going to get to practice against it because their offense is going to steal some of the stuff that is being used against them, and they're going to be against it, let alone it's on their radar already. So that's where I go. They need somebody to take the pressure off, right? And there's no Thielen there. Right, so that's where no it's Delvin Cook. Too, There's so no Delvin Cook. More that's on the exactly where game, you're. Maybe. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So that's where I, I kind of went with the rookies. I don't want to go with the rookies in this this exercise, but I did here. I'll save you yeah. on the defensive line, save defensive me. tackle, uh, Kyrus Tonga. Yeah. So he PFF has named him the breakout candidate for 2023, the possible breakout candidate for the Minnesota Vikings. So he played only about 300 snaps last year, kind of carved out a role as one of their best run stoppers in the middle. He's a pretty good pass rusher, too, according to some reports out there. And so, you know, that defense, right, for a couple years now has has been lacking. Their offense has had to save them. And so who's going to stop the run in the middle? Maybe it's going to be Tonga. Yeah, I I mean, they're going to have to rely on him. And in this scheme and what they do, there's no Dalvin Tomlinson anymore. Right, Brian Flores, the D coordinator. You know what I want to say. I mean, Brian Flores is from New England, rooted in the Giants. What do they believe in? Big fucking people, right? Tonga's what three? What is? I can't remember what he was coming out of BYU. You know, he's a he's he's that guy nose tackle. What's he three thirty something? I feel I want to say three six so, four three thirty eight. All right, yeah. So he's a giant, right? And they're going to ask him to two gap and do all that stuff. You're right. I'm, I think that's a really good pick by you, actually. So that's the Vikings. We move on to the Seattle Seahawks, who are plus 1,300 to win the NFC. Hawkstrologer. Uh, How far down on the list are we? So we're, The Seahawks one, two, are three, four, here? Five, six. Sixth. Sixth best in the NFC. Is that wow. higher I would, than you I thought? I would tell people to get on that right now. Oh, that, you think that there's good value in that. I look at the Seahawks, and to me, all right, you know I'm. It, it's Eagles and Niners, right? I mean, it's to you, too, and the rest of the football universe. You don't have to be smart to figure out that, yeah. right? But, like... After that, okay, Cowboys, 
And something I was saying last week on on Florio's show in the pocket after that, to me, it's the it's the Seahawks. The Seahawks are the team after that. I mean, uh, one Geno's real. Stop everybody! Like everybody's just oh, it's gonna fall off this year. Geno's gonna be good. He's not yeah. gonna be the problem. The running backs are there. The receivers are there. The defense, I think, is there. Right? I'm not saying it's like top five defense in football, but I think it's gonna be damn good. I. If you made me pick, I would say that the Seahawks are the fourth best team hmm. in the NFC. I'm okay. sorry to your Lions, but no. I would put the Seahawks. No there offense first. taken. The odds yeah. are pretty close, but uh, we'll get to the Lions yeah. and the Saints here in just a second. Uh, Hawkstrologer says Mike Morris is the guy he's going to be watching. The fifth round edge to three tech convert could really round out the interior D line depth. Cam Young would be my second choice. A fourth-round backup nose tackle who really woke up this preseason once the pads came on. So he's looking at my dudes. He's encroaching on my territory on the big butts. Well, we, so who is it? Let me hear your big butt while we're in there. I mean, go, let's let's hear this big butt you got. I'm going to do uh, Mario Edwards for me. Okay. Um, could he improve that, that run defense? Yeah, it's kind of been an impressive camp according to the reports out there so far for him. Uh, they move Reed kind of the nose tackle interior, beef up the, the yeah. middle of the defensive right. line. So, yeah, that former Raider second-round pick out of Florida State, is this where he kind of takes another step here? Because, yeah, I think that's a position of, of need for them on that defensive line, as does Hawks Rollager. Well, yeah, and and he can do different things on the D-line. That's where Mary Edwards is great, right? That's where He can be D-tackle, D-N, depending on the team you're playing, whatever there. So he's got great value there. It's the first time in a long time where I look at the Seattle Seahawks defense and go, they they got it, you know? I'm not saying it's Legion of Boom. I mean, don't don't get me wrong here, but I just look at the front seven, right? And I know we got Jordan Brooks. He's on the pup and he's coming back. But I look at it like this: I just go, Uchena Nwusu is a player, right? And if you're playing the three four, he's an outside linebacker, DN, right? They got Darrell Taylor, who I like coming out of Tennessee uh, three years ago, and he kind of turned the corner last year. And to go like, ooh, well, you better watch out for him coming around the edge. You know, you just talked about Jerron Reed. Mm-hmm. All right, solid there. They spent a bunch of money on Draymond Jones. Draymond Jones is one of the best defensive lines in the football that nobody knows about, right? What did they pay? I mean, they paid him big money because he's legit. Now, he's just one of those guys that we talk about that's not going to get a lot of sacks, but he's going to fuck a lot of plays up, and people don't give him the credit he deserves. They still got Brian Moe. We know they got Bobby Wagner in the middle too, right? They're corners. They're secondary. It's a real deal. The receivers, real deal. We've gone through it. To me, it's one thing here. I'm The tackles, that's what we need to watch. The tackles, all right? And I'm, I'm taking two guys here, Abraham Lucas and Charles Cross, the two guys who started as rookies last year. They, if I look at them and go, whoa, they've taken the next step. They're pillars on both sides. They're awesome in pass protecting, and fuck, when they give the ball to Kenneth Walker, it's a big hole every time. That, to me, if those two are right, you're going to have a handful of a football team from the Seattle Seahawks. So I'm cheating for the sake of the exercise, but it's my podcast. You've cheated we'll all the it. way through this, but that's okay. You're right. It is your podcast. Your <laughs> name is one, on it. ultimately, for a lot of them. There you was do, maybe yeah. a event. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. And if we nailed you down, you would pick one here, yeah, too. I just want to give some insight to all of it all together and make sure the podcast goes an hour and 40 minutes. <laughs> yeah, I think wanted. we've already guaranteed that. <laughs> plus 1,300 for the Seahawks, plus 1,200 for the Saints, so just a little bit better odds for them still pretty close yep. what are you looking at for the saints the tackle trevor penning 
I think this is kind of an obvious one. You know, there's some questions at corner I look at and things like that. You know, how good is, hey, Alante Taylor, who started off good? What's, you know, does he take the next step? We talk about Paulson Adebo and all that. But, you know, honestly, I, I don't question that a, a whole lot. I look at, you know, last year they started uh, James Hurst there at left tackle most of the year, right? Trevor Penning, if he, like, becomes what they think he can become, I, I'm going to look at this offensive line and go, damn. This is one of the better offensive lines in football. And then, you know, Derek Carr being there, running back room, solid, better than solid when Alvin Kamara is back. But then, you know, add in Michael Thomas and Rashid Shahid and Chris Olave, and you go, damn, if he's got time and he can sit back there a little bit, they're going to carve some people up. So that that's the one I'm going to go with. It's, you know. That's a good one. It's yeah. a Trevor Penning. Yeah, can he turn the corner here this year? Can he not fight so much all the time? Oh, that's like right. Like he did last I remember year, that. right? <laughs> Actually like his own teammates. We'll yeah. see where it goes. He was the 19th <laughs> overall pick last year out right. of Northern Iowa and just ended up starting one game, played six games total. So yeah, it's time to time to shine for the former first round pick. Speaking of first round picks, yeah. I go on the defensive line with a with a rookie here in Brian Breesey just because you know, Todd Grantham is their defensive line coach there. He says he's come in uh, as a quick learner so far. No sense of entitlement, which is good to hear yep. for a guy who has been pubbed for a long time, was a top recruit, right. a big-time player at Clemson, went through some ups and downs there. And so, yeah, just he, he looked like a man amongst boys sometimes in his college career. Can yep. he do that at the NFL level? No, I, I'm with you there too. And I, I liked him coming out. You know that. And I think he's got some versatility in that D line that is going to help them and – you know, the one thing that I was amazed by breaking him down is he is some quick, twitchy athlete too. You know, to where they'll they'll figure out how to use him and what's best for him. And he, I would be shocked if he doesn't, you know, remind us who he is a few times this year. Good pick by you. So the Saints plus twelve hundred, the Lions plus eleven hundred. So oh you see gosh. how close it is here. We have to talk about Vegas the Lions. is even struggling to figure out which of these three teams. And we do have to talk about the Lions because everyone's talking about the Lions this they are. year. Uh, a, a lot of guys to watch. I mean, Sam Laporta on the offensive side. Mm-hmm. They say hitting. They're, they're throwing to him a ton. I guess early, early on here, like camp and he's Laporta's ready. Laporta's ready. Don't be shocked. One. Like Laporta, he came from an NFL offense, right? This is where he has an advantage. Not only was his skill set real, yeah, but he was taught like an NFL football player. Tight end can be hard for for the adjustment, right? We don't always see like think about tight end. That's one position. Sometimes you don't even see you don't see the jump right away, right? It's rare. I never know every now and then we get a Jeremy Shockey or somebody like that who comes in and we're like, right, right from the rookie year. But, you know, even think about some of the great ones we've had in the sport right now. They didn't just come on and just bust onto the scene, right? So because there is some like, wait, I have to do this in the run game and, whoa, there's more rules in the pass game, I think he'll be accustomed to all that. So, yeah, I would be shocked if he's not a part of that offense. Who's uh, your guy, though? All right, fine. You want me to pick the guy? Sure. Um, I go to the defense. I mean, okay. you guys had the worst fucking defense yeah. in football last year. Yeah, it was bad. You couldn't stop anything in the run game across the board. And, you know, when I sit there and look at your team, again, there's a lot to like and everything like that. But I still look at it and go, you know, okay, the front seven, there's a lot of guys I like. You know that. But who can make some splashes? Who other than Aiden Hutchinson can be like, Go above and beyond the playbook or the play call. Who can who can do that? I, my number ninety three, Josh Pascal, is the guy I'm going to be watching. Ooh, okay, okay, because 
he coming out of Kentucky is one of those guys that has versatility, D tackle, D end, you know, F the play up type of guy. You know, I, I think again, this is a defense that's rooted in the New Orleans Saints, like we were just talking about, right? And we were just talking about Brian Brise and all that. Can he do the same type of stuff? You know, they took him what second round? Yep. Right. This is they need him to turn the corner, and and be something there. So I, you know, I've heard he's had a good camp. You know, our guy Levi Odenzarenke from Washington. He's another one I wrote down. You know, because yeah, it's year three for him. And he hasn't quite popped or established a spot in that defense yet. Right. But Zach Pascal, Josh Pascal, excuse me, is the one that I really look at. Yeah, I, yeah, because like you mentioned last year, I, I would pick Jack Campbell here maybe too. Just yeah, because sure, I got you. You know, they need those. They he, definitely do. They the need interior those guys. part of your D needs some splash, some sizzle, and I and it almost goes straight back. It's like literally D tackle, the linebacker, the safety. Yep. That whole level right there is where you just go. Who can make some plays? Who could do some things that 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 help your football yeah, team? Campbell was their first round pick, along with uh, the the running back in uh, Jameer, Jameer Gibbs, Gibbs yeah. who I also yeah, will be keeping my eye on. Yeah, of course. But there's one of the third round picks was uh, Broderick Martin. He'll be my big butt that I'm watching here, six five three thirty out of Western Kentucky. Um, he's a big dude up front, and Dan Campbell has said that they've already seen a level of growth from OTAs to now training camp, and he's he's going to get some opportunities to play nose tackle for them. So yeah. we'll see how he does. Yeah, there. okay, we'll see. I mean, um, yeah, there's a you know Isaiah Bugs, you know Aleem McNeil. We yeah. talked about them last year. Those guys that you like, there. I do like them. They're 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 tough to move, and right. And some of the games where they gave up a ton of rushing yards, we, I, we were here to point out to go. It, it wasn't them. You know, to your point, there's some middle linebacker play. We need Jack Campbell to be there and cover it up. Need some safeties to help out a little bit. But it can't just be a defense all the time where it's just like, oh, Liam McNeil and Isaiah Bugs just hold everybody up and hold up in the spot. Somebody's got to bust through the line every now and then and do something. And that's where, you know, I got into the, the Josh Pascal conversation. Into the top three, Dallas Cowboys plus 600 to win the NFC. It's maybe harder when you get to these teams because they got a lot of good. They got some veterans, and some of the guys that you see a lot in the preseason aren't going to matter that much. No, it's not. But, you know, I think Dallas was one out of the top teams that I was like, this is pretty cut and dry for me. You know, one, just for, for some fodder here, the third receiver. All right, and this is not my pick, but I just want to tell, like, hey, the third receiver, who's going to jump up and be the third receiver? I know right now, like, hey, we know it's C.D. Lamb and Brandon Cooks. Mm -hmm. Can Michael Gallup get back to what he was? Because if he can, then watch out. They'll be scary, right? Or is it it Tolbert, you know, uh, who they drafted two years ago, Jalen Tolbert, right? You know, and we talked about him and, and the wide receiver rankings two years ago in the draft. Right. But to me, just if somebody else jumps on the scene there, and we know they'll still be able to run the ball and do that. And Dak, of course, is a good down the field thrower. I just start to go, ooh, watch out. Because you add a third guy to that group, and you said that's a tough matchup across the board. But the guy I'm going to go with, and to me, one of the issues with their team last year, and we talked about this a lot, right? We talked about it when they were going to play the Eagles, we talked about it when they got to play the 49ers. Are they big enough up front to hang in there with those teams? So I'm going to go with, you know, Mozzie, Blue, Mozzie Smith from, yep. from the Blue. Or yeah, Maze and Blue. Maze and Blue, right. I'm all confused. Mozzie, Maze and Blue. You, right? na- you, you, you all, you all have like mess up his name, his yeah. first name, but you got you nailed that. I know. You gave him the last name of Blue. Oh, shit. <laughs> uh, Mozzie Smith. Cute. Yeah, Mozzie Smith is, is the guy I'm going to look at. 
Yeah. You know, they're 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 a team that is got a lot of athletes and disruptors on the Dean line and the front seven. But I always worried about them against the bigger teams, the bigger old lines in football. Can they hang in there? Now you got a guy like him who, yeah, can also shoot a gap, but he'll add some flexibility to their scheme to where they'll be able to cheat things now a little bit. Hey, Mazzy Smith. Oh, no. I know, I'm all messed up. Now, Hey, you take both of these gaps, and this can free our linebacker up to now maybe get on the edge and, and, and worry about if Jalen Herbst keeps the ball around the edge or Daniel Jones or whatever. But it's an undersized group they've had up there, and to me this is the first big – nose tackle difference maker they've had in a while down in Dallas. So I'm going to watch that. I'm yeah. staying with that theme. I'm going to watch that competition with the 31-year-old uh, Jonathan Hankins yeah. Yeah. who is there and see like how much better does he look than Jonathan Hankins right. and vice versa there. So that'll be my – I'll kind of cheat and, and go – I was going to go Mozzie Smith, but – I'll go Hankins just to see how they compare and sure, how, they, sure. how they stack up against each other. Hankins, I, I always liked Hankins coming out of Ohio State. You know, he's kind of one of those guys who's like, you know, teams like him, they have him, but they always think, oh, he's getting a little expensive or we can find somebody a little bit better, right? That's kind of like the the career arch he's had there, yeah. right? Um, he's, he's you know, in the perfect world, yeah, they want Mozzie Smith to beat out beat out Jonathan Hankins, and they want Jonathan Hankins to be a really good backup. That would be their their perfect thing. Mozzie Blue, we got eyes on Blue. you. <laughs> Second best odds to win the NFC, the 49ers. Your 49ers. My 49ers, huh? That's where it is? Yep. Cleveland uh, Farrell's my big butt to watch there. Okay. Yeah. You know, I mean. He, he probably won't live up ever to being the number four overall selection, but he's got a one-year deal, prove-it deal with a good group around him. What are we going to see from him? How will he fit in? I that? know. And, you know, I'm always like Shanahan in this group has a way of getting these like guys to go to the next level. I mean, you really look at some of the pass rushers and DNs they've had the last few years and, you know, you always go, oh, this guy's not that great or he's a journeyman or whatever else. And then they go on somewhere else after that because they go, everybody watches them on film and goes, damn, they're good with the 49ers, Right. They have a way about bringing out the best in some of these guys. I think they have a way of simplifying the game for these defense ends, mm. you know, without getting into it too much. But like we always say, where they're just like, go there. That's the only job you got. Just go there, right? And then unlock something for these football players. So I'm with you there. Here's another one that's not my pick, but I want to throw out there is, uh, is um, Javon Kinlaw. Yeah. Javon Kinlaw has yet to pop on the scene yet. He was a top, what, 13 pick in the draft. You know, they signed Javon Hargrave because why? They're worried about Javon Kinlaw. He hasn't panned out to that capacity yet. We know Eric Armstead's good, but I look at Javon Kinlaw and just go, you know, like we said with some of these teams, like if he starts to become what they think with those D tackles, they're going to have depth, versatility, and we already know this team's a pain in the butt. But I think the big question is the right tackle, right? That That's where McGlinchey has been there. Yeah. They haven't had to worry about tackle play in a few years. And now you got a guy in Colton McKivitz who's, you know, penciled in to be the starter. I know, I know Jalen Moore's there too. Does you know, and he played a decent amount last year. But that's the one I look at. You know, right tackle, quarterback just got a bad, you know, elbow. And he's coming back. We need to make him feel good. Shanahan run scheme, so crucial to the overall talent of the of the offense and the success there. So, yeah, that's one I, I want to see what he looks like in action here. 
That's a good one. This will be his fourth year now He's with kind of the 49ers. A, right. He only played a total of 68 snaps all of last year. I know. I know. He's kind of been a what what I mean, what's his career been? You got anything in front of you? I mean, he's yeah. he's been he was off the team, on the team, right? I mean, so his his first year in twenty two, he was drafted in twenty twenty, right. fifth rounder. Yep, uh, he played his most snaps that year. He played like three hundred snaps, still yep. not a ton, right? Um, then only played in one game the year after that, right? Played seventy snaps in that game, and then played in thirteen games, but just a handful of snaps. Yeah, so yeah, not much the last couple of years. No, no, that's why it's, it's this is this is going to be interesting to see, you know. And Shanahan, we know he's a master, and he's a master at hiding holes in the offensive line too. Right, but he doesn't want too many holes in his offensive line because we all know it's it's predicated on his run game. So yeah, I'll be interested to see uh, how that works out and what he looks like. And then there were the Eagles. Oh, we have Big lie. Sturg who Eagles writes lie. into you. Big Sturg, we go pick one guy you're watching. He goes Jordan Davis, Jalen Carter, Milton Williams. Uh, need to see how the Eagles replace Javon Hargrave and support an aging Fletcher Cox. So his eyes are on the big butts. They're good ones. I mean, they're good ones. Like uh, the only thing I'll I'll like push back with there to uh, at our big Sturge is like they're gonna be okay at that position. Yeah, they're gonna be okay. I you know I, I'm with you. I'm watching too. But damn. They're going to be great. What? My, my guy I picked was Jalen Carter just because I want to see how great he, he looks. I mean, he's starting already, right? I mean, it, uh, it, when does it I – mean, I think Fletcher Cox is still starting over Jordan Davis, right? I'm sure – you know, I know they're getting in there, but I think from, from what I've seen or heard, yeah. Fletcher still has the advantage there. They'll cycle. Right. But, like, I, I'm not worried about that group right yeah. there. Now, let's extend back from there. Ooh. And we saw some action there yesterday. They're all about the middle. All right. One, the safeties are gone, right? So that's different. TJ Edwards is gone. Uh, White is gone. They're going on to Kobe Dean. That's a big question to me. You know, you know that. I was not very high on the Kobe Dean coming out in the draft. Again, you're seeing, you know, I mean, everybody on the Georgia D line is on the all star team. Yeah. So it was. It's not that hard to play middle linebacker behind some of those guys in college. I, I I gotta see it to believe it, and you know. So that to me is where I look at. We're gonna look into Kobe Dean, and you know what's funny is I'm doing this yesterday, and I'm eating some lunch, and I'm you know going through the exercise or whatever else, and I write into Kobe Dean, and I mean I walk outside for a minute just to like see my son. He's hanging out by the pool, and my phone buzzes. I look down, and whoa, they just signed Miles Jack and Zach Cunningham. There are obviously some concerns about that part of the defense. There's definitely. They don't make that type of move at this point at camp unless they've started. They've seen enough to go, we need more here. Now, I don't know if that's N'Kobe Dean. It's a depth. Is it the other guys whatever. Right. But, like, TJ Edwards was a hell of a player. He's a hell of a player. You know I had great respect for him. He is not easily repla- replaced. And, yeah, N'Kobe Dean's got some, some big shoes to fill in that. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Department. All right, so that that's it. That's the NFC. Boom. We have NFC. done it. Um, AFC coming Wednesday. We'll do the AFC on, on Wednesday. That, that worked out really well. Yeah. Uh, one final thing here before we go. So we did this um, before we did our hiatus. Yeah. Uh, we did the best non-quarterbacks in of the 21st century. The 21st century. So from the year 2000 to now. And so our social media team has been going through it, and they, they've been putting them on Twitter and Instagram, and people have been chiming in and voting. And now we're down to the, what, the final 16 here? Final 16. It looks like we're at. Right. Yep. So we wanted to give an update on this because we hadn't talked about it yet, and it was such a I big thing. I felt like we owed it to we, people. We do right? owe it to people. Right. I've been getting, like, I get a lot of... You know, like I saw Donald Penn this weekend, my left tackle in Tampa. He was yeah. pissed that we didn't put him on the top the top five for the Bucks. Yeah. He, or the Raiders. Either one. He's like, I deserve to be on the list either way. And I was like, damn, you probably did, Donald. I don't know. The Bucks one was hard. The Bucks we know had some stars yes. and some some big names. Raiders he probably could have. Raiders he probably could have. We might have blown it there. I'll blame that on you. If we knew that you were gonna see him, we would have put him <laughs> we on there. Definitely yeah. would have. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Uh I, I was so worried and I get a lot of like friends texting me, like I, I control the vote, which yeah. is hilarious. And I've even had some people in the NFL and like, I'm like, dude, this is online voting. I'm not in charge of this. Like we put out the initial names and we that's gave it. The people and right. then let the homies I decide. I was scared it was going to get hijacked and we were going to have like some like, you know, like the worst player on the list was going to win like 20 player, best player of the 21st century. But I, I appreciate the engagement we got, and I think we have a legit final 16. Like, yeah. I don't look at any of them and go, oh, that fan base hijacked this, you know, this department all. or this pick. I think there's a lot of consensus out there on a few names. I think, like, Aaron Donald's getting love. How could People he think, like, he could be the guy that emerges here. Right. I think Adrian Peterson and Tomlinson, because they've been MVPs, both of them, right? So it's like, that's a good non-quarterback. Um, I like my guy, Megatron. But I think, like, of the names, I think those are the names that I'm hearing most often. And Ray Lewis, I think. Ray Lewis, too, yes. I mean, Ray Lewis, I would think, is going to crush Chad Johnson in that bracket. All right? No disrespect to Chad, legend, Ojo Cinco. But, come on, it's Ray Lewis. I mean, Ray Lewis is, like, the greatest middle linebacker in the history of football. But I look at the other, like, Revis versus Kronkowski. Yeah. That's real deal right there. Props to the social media team, too, for having division – Divisional rivalry. Oh, I know. Here. That's that's just bad too. Yeah, it's right. It's just, and then yeah, you know, a little bit is like who you caught in the bracket. You just yeah. get a little unlucky. Derrick Henry versus J.J. Watt. I mean, those are real. Kelsey versus you know Ladanian Tomlinson. Julio Jones versus Luke Keekley. Dawkins versus Michael Brian Dawkins versus Michael Strahan. Yeah. I mean, Larry Fitz versus Aaron Donald. I mean, really, out of the last sixteen here, you know. You know, I mean, almost any of them, I'd go, any of them could be, I wouldn't be mad at any of them being the best player of the century. And maybe Chad Ochocinco would be one, all right? I'm going to get him on me here. He might be the only one where I'd go, I don't think he deserves that. But, yeah. But I think the rest of them are maybe all like, I'd be like, okay, I, I get it. That, that guy's that damn good. 
But if Chad, if you're going to see Chris in the next week or so, we were just kidding about that. <laughs> so just, we just want to make that clear. That uh, I, got, I picked some bones joke. with Chad twice over the last few weeks. Now I've gone there. I know. And then I got into it. I think he is still in, in charge of uh, the ratings for the wide receivers for Madden. Oh. He helps out, and I got on him for that. And I'm not even quite sure he still does that, but I threw his name in there either way. You just have to avoid him. If, <laughs> yeah. if he's He'll in the same understand. room. As, yeah. He'll laugh at me and say a few crazy things to me, and uh, we have a good relationship. But Chad, Ocho Cinco is awesome. One thing I love about Ocho Cinco is he loves football, and he's yeah. into all of it. Right? I'm watching him on Instagram the other day. It was an Instagram. might have been Twitter. He wants all, all receivers to send him – video footage of their one-on-ones not because he wants to put it on social media because he wants to watch it he's like a nerd he wants to see it and then he'll probably text them or dm them or whatever to go hey you're doing this and this route you need to fix it whatever he's a true technician he's amazing that way cool all right back to the lab back to the lab you got more big butts to look at your favorite thing. Yep. Your wife's going to be at home going, Ahmed, what are you doing? This is already starting now. <laughs> yeah, like I thought right. it was baseball season. It's <laughs> yeah. always big bus no, season. We were asking you to do two things here at NBC, yeah. okay? All right, everybody, you know where to find us. Wednesday, we're back. One player to watch from the AFC Conference, the All-Star AFC Conference. Ahmed, it's good to have you back in the fold. Good to be back. I missed you. You coming Wednesday? Are you going to be here? I'll be here Wednesday. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. good. Yeah, we, got to, we got Ahmed twice this week. Look at this. Wow. <laughs> uh, very rare. But uh, please, continue to send your engagement in subscribe rate review chris sims unbuttoned thanks so much for listening peace out to the homies we'll see you soon clap it up the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader.